Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer and this is my brother Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are so excited for today's guest that we need a reality check. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird? I'm so excited, and I know you are too, for our guest today. I actually got to meet him when I was asked to throw out the first pitch at a Cleveland Guardians game last summer, and then quickly learned that he was actually throwing out the first pitch, (laughs) because they had about six of us throwing out the first pitches, and it was really interesting because everyone was really excited about him and was wanting to meet him and stuff. And then the other people throwing out the pitches were sort of asking me if I was there because I was a season ticket holder. <laughs> <laughs> so were you like, you were all kind of lined up and then you... Yeah, would we each- were all okay. kind of lined up. And I felt like he and one of his colleagues was there and they were really like, people were really kind of like circling them and wanting to talk to them. And I was there with our dad who got to place the game ball on the field. It was sort of like a sort of was taking him there for Father's Day. But yeah, everyone was kind of gathering around and and uh, everyone was just sort of like, who are you? Why are you here? <laughs> so I think we had different experiences. Again, I thought that I would be throwing out the ball that like went, you know, right before the game, the first ball, if you will. But our guest today actually did. I'm not mad about it. I'm glad he did. He was obviously... People were obviously a lot more excited to see him. (laughs) 
Who do you think had a better throw? I guess we can just ask. We can ask him. Let's introduce him. Let's hear his take on the situation. Okay. Our guest today is a professional wrestler, actor, and television personality who has appeared on a million of your favorite shows, starting with The Real World Season 10, up to his current show, Ms. and Mrs., And you likely also know him as famed WWE wrestler, The Miz. Please welcome Mike The Miz Mizanin. Yeah, and said the name absolutely correct as well. Good job for you. Yes. And let me tell you something. I remember that first pitch. And yes, there's always like back in the day when I was like a child going to Cleveland Municipal Stadium, buying a ticket for like $2 and then like buying a nosebleed section and then just running up to the front because that's what you could do because nobody ever came to those games. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I always saw one pitch. Now it's like seven or eight pitches before the first pitch. Yeah. Which is called the first pitch. And so you had one. I I actually threw the same at the same time as uh, a guy named Johnny Gargano, who is also a WWE superstar. So we pitched at the same time. So it's not really a first, second, third. I think there was like six people doing the first pitch. There were six people. Yeah. Yeah. And do you remember there was a girl who went right before me who was in high school and she had like a really incredible throw. Yeah, she like did a uh flip. (laughs) And then, then you went. I bet you were really excited about that. I went in the right direction. My throw went in the right direction, but made it kind of halfway. I feel like you guys did a pretty good, pretty strong throw. I threw it lightly that day. Usually I try to throw the heater. Like I, in my mind, when I first did a first pitch, my first time, I honestly thought I was going to get signed. I was like, (laughs) all right, here's my goal. Sure. My goal is to get on the mound, throw one pitch about 90 miles an hour, which my arm does not go 90 miles an hour right now as it sits. Like I haven't threw the ball in in ages. But I would throw the ball. I'm left-handed. They're going to sign me. I'm going to say I can't do it. I'm a WWE superstar. My apologies. I had like, I thought Tito was going to come out and shake my hand. You know, none of that happened at yeah, all. Yeah. So this time I was, this is like my fifth or sixth time doing a first pitch. So I was like, ah, you know what? Just want to get it over the plate. Enjoy myself. Have fun. Like usually I bring my own glove and I warm wow. up. I have a person warm me up. Like I take it really seriously. But this time I was like, ah, eh, not so much. And by the way, you're very humble. People knew exactly who you were. People like literally when I saw you, I was like, oh my God, like I'm a huge SNL fan. I've been since I was a child. I've always loved every generation growing up. So don't put so humbly yourself. Like literally people knew exactly who you were. You were taking pictures and you were very, very nice. And it reminded me of like, I couldn't believe like another person from Cleveland, like enjoyed SNL as much as I did. But yeah, yeah, you're that's a cast very member. nice. That's very nice. I Mike, will how say, was, how was Vanessa's throw? We got to know. Oh, uh, it was a throw. I mean, it, it was there. <laughs> it was there. You know, she tried her best, and that's all you can ask for. Fair enough. Well, the thing that I they kept saying that I could do, they were like, you don't have to stand on the mound because you'll probably you have a better chance of getting the catcher if you if you stand sort of you know halfway to to the catcher. But I was like, if I stand in front of the mound and then I still don't make it to the catcher, then I'll really look stupid. So I want it to look like I'm throwing from really far away so that people go. Uh, That's really far away. Far. And by That's the way, really it is away. far. Like the mound to the to the plate is yes. very far. It's deceiving. Who's making these rules? This is this is this is a you know, this is far. Okay. Yeah. Now, what was going through your mind? You just didn't want to bounce it? I just didn't want to look stupid because my dad was telling me the story about how someone had thrown it and fallen. Yeah, you didn't You didn't look like, like I think like it was like, I think it was 50 Cent or like, uh, there's a, oh, Baba Booey has the like the worst first yeah. pitch in the history of first pitches. So 
that, but I mean, you weren't throwing 90 miles an hour. I mean, you're not a, a, a major league right. baseball pitcher. I mean, yeah. I was the captain of the Normandy high school baseball team. I mean, that's wow. how amazing yeah. I am. Not really, but it's fun to say. It's, it's funny because I think you and I have like similar confidence things where it feels like this time around, you were trying to just have fun with it so that they didn't try and you have so much other stuff going on. You don't want them to all of a sudden hire you to try and hire you to the guardians. And then you have to make that decision. Whereas I had a similar thing happen in college where the real world came to my college. And I know that that's, that was your first show. And I was like, oh no, if I audition for them, they're going to want me to be on the real world. Cause I thought I had <laughs> such a good personality for it. And I was like, this is going to be, so I like that we're, I like that we're thinking through like, you know, we can only do so many opportunities at once, you know? Sure. So Yeah. Anyway, but I was at Miami, Ohio when I went for the tryouts for, for the real world. And like, I'll never forget. I was sitting there watching real world, New Orleans season nine. And it said, Hey, do you want to try out for the real world? You could do it by doing this and like sending a video to this address. And I was like on the commercial, I was just watching it. My, it was my fraternity at the time, my theta Chi fraternity. And I was like, Oh man, I want to be on the real world. So started making a video. And by the way, back then it wasn't like, oh, you go on your iPhone or your 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 smartphone and you you edit videos through that or your computer. It's like you have a VHS cassette tape, like video recorder. And then you have your 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 VHS and you press play and record at the like same time. I don't know how to explain this, but we had chords that went to your VHS tape that had a tape that you could record on. And these are for all the kids watching right now. And then yeah. that went to your VHS camcorder, which right now is basically an iPhone or a smartphone. Right. And you press play on whatever you had and record on the VHS and it'd go through. And that's how you edited back then. And that's how it edited my real world video. Wow. But I also, I wasn't like, oh, they're going to pick me. I said, that's actually what I did say. Actually, I think it is kind of that confidence because I was like, people were always like, what's going to stand you out? And I was like, from 60,000 people. I was like, I don't know. I'm going to make it. I got an amazing personality. <laughs> well, you have to have that confidence on some level, you know, to even do it. But Mike, I'm going to blow your mind because I, in college, interned at the real world during the New Orleans season in the music department for this guy, Dave Stone. I love Dave Stone. <laughs> Yeah, He's still there, I think. Yeah, he's still there. And I talked to him yesterday. I told him you were coming on the podcast. He wanted me to ask you about something. He said that he gave you your first theme music when you started giving Atomic Wedgies, CKY, 96 Quite Bitter Beings. And he said, here's the best part. You told me about CKY in that album. You did? Yeah, I told him about that band. When I interned there, I would like show him, I was like a music person. And so like I became friends with Melissa. I was friends with Rachel when I was in New York. So I was like, we're all into the same kind of music. And so I would show stuff to Dave. And I guess that, so this was your Atomic Wait, Wedgie Rachel from song. my season? Rachel from your season, yeah. So you're into like, uh, what band did she take me to? Hot Rod Circuit? Hot Rod Circuit, of oh course. Oh my God. Classic, I was early like, 2000 I'm going to Biscuit and like Taproot. <laughs> and she's taking me to like, Hot Rod Circuit and uh, who's that other band that really broke through? It was one ah uh, oh, God. Now you're gonna make me want to think about it. I had to go listen to this one band that literally broke out like after our season. They had one song, Delia D. Uh, darn oh, it, Plain White Tees. Yes, that's it? it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You went to a Hot Rod Circuit show. Yes. Wow. Yeah, with Rachel because I said I would go to a concert if she, she would come to one of my concerts. I went to her Hot Rod Circuit. She didn't come to Limp, uh, not Olympus, Lincoln Park. 
Lincoln Park. Okay. <laughs> what What is Hot Rod Circuit? What is Hot Rod this Circuit like a, were like an early two thousands kind of emo. Emo. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He was into that emo stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I and by the way, I love all music, so I I actually enjoyed them, but it wasn't like not necessarily my cup of tea, but my preference is heavier stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. But if you Fair go, enough. but if you go back in the eighties when we were kids, I was a huge Def Leppard fan. Like my first, my first, uh, so, all right, let's even go back further. I remember kindergarten because my kid's in kindergarten now. She's at that age. My first tape was Monkees because I liked Nickelodeon. They would yeah. always play the Monkees on Nickelodeon. And then it went to Will Smith, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Uh, you know, there he had one song back then. I can't remember what it was. DJ Jazzy yeah. Jeff and the Fresh Prince. You know what it is. Of course, of course. And yeah. then it went to Def Leppard. And Def Leppard is my all-time, like, favorite band still to this day uh my kids literally my daughter uh she's four she'll go in the tesla and she'll literally press the pour some sugar on me all the time every time so and i go to their concerts i went to their last concert with motley crew and poison at sofi and it was absolutely amazing incredible i used to be that kid that would have a a, a comb is my microphone and sing in the mirror <laughs> and play it as loud as I can. And I was always Joe Elliott. My buddy was always Axl Rose. So to go off a tangent, sorry for bringing it around, but yeah, no. you can talk music, let's talk music. You know? Well, uh, when you were in high school, because obviously we all grew up in the Cleveland area, were you going to shows like down to the Odeon? Or Odeon, Peabody's? yeah. Agora, yeah. Peabody's Agora. Down Under. Sure. Um, I went to, so after I was on The Real World, we worked for Arista. And so that was huge for me because Arista would get me into any concert I wanted to go to. So that summer when I came back, I wasn't really popular. No one knew who I was because The Real World, granted, is the greatest show ever. Like, not greatest show ever, but it was a very popular really? show back then. It wasn't out yet. So I was on the show, but it, it, you got to edit. Oh, you got to get everything right. going. Oh, so there was right. like a three-month period where I was off the show. I knew it was coming out, but it was a time where I could go out with all my friends and not get bombarded, especially back then. You know, back then we didn't have social media. Uh, you know, all yeah. we had to watch was cable TV, and Real World was one of the most popular shows. So I, we went to every concert. I went to Blossom probably yep. every other weekend. Like back then, Ozfest was a big thing. We went to that a bunch of times. We went there to Ozfest. Went to Pittsburgh. We would drive to Columbus. We would we'd go all these different places to go to these different hot spots. Are you guys Mushroomhead fans at all? I I remember Mushroom Head very well. Yeah, remember they're still out there. They're still out there. They they're for people who don't know, they're sort of like Slipknot, but we're sort of doing it before Slipknot. They were before then, and Roadrunner yeah. took Roadrunner uh, took Slipknot oh, and basically made Slipknot into what Mushroom Head is and was. I guess you could say because right. I guess Mushroom Head didn't want to go there or something like that. I don't know, but they're amazing. They're a great in concert. <laughs> I saw them at the Odeon. Back way back wow. when, and they're still going to this day. Yep, yep. You don't know who Mushroom Head is, Vanessa. Well, I was going to say just to kind of show you band. where where I'm at. When I was going to Blossom, it was to see Lilith Fair. So I saw Shania Twain <laughs> at Blossom. Okay, okay. And Vanessa, you saw Poison at Blossom. Oh yeah, we saw. Wait a second, we saw Poison. We also saw. Didn't we? We saw. I thought we saw Motley Crue and. Here's what we saw. We saw Vince yeah. Neil solo. Then we yeah. saw Skid Row without Sebastian Bach. Then we saw what? Poison. How yeah. do you see Skid Row without Sebastian Bach? 
they they're still going strong without Sebastian. Did they yeah. sound like did he, did the singer sound like Sebastian Bach's voice is absolutely incredible. 18 in life, I remember you. I know, I You've know. gone wild. I mean, I can go on and on. 80s metal, like that's where that's my home. That's well, like my my safe my spot. My first my first well, my third concert technically. My mom took me to see Guns N' Roses and Skid Row in '91 on the Illusion Tour at Richfield Coliseum you were like in nine. Cleveland. Yeah, he was really young. I was like twelve. Yeah, I was really young. I was like obsessed with Guns N' Roses, and I just saw him this summer, and you know they sounded great. Still going, right? This is gonna also blow your mind, but we talk about it so much on this podcast that maybe we won't talk about it for too long, but. We found out as adults, like within the last year, that our cousin that our cousin is Ricky Rackman. Do you remember him from Headbangers Ball? <laughs> yeah, I tried. Did you know? After I got off the Real World, I wanted to bring back Headbangers Ball, and my pitch to MTV. By the way, this is nineteen-year-old Mike basically saying, "I want Headbangers Ball back at midnight. I wanna, I wanna go into the mosh pits and rate the mosh pits on how hard they are." what happens in them. I want to bring a camera on my head. Like they had a thing called fear or whatever like that back in the All day right. where they had like that you could see your face. I wanted that camera on my face and I, I pitched that and then they brought back Headbangers Ball, just not with me. And no one was doing the mosh pits. It was with the twins. Uh, he married Cameron Diaz. Benji and Joel. Oh, yeah. That's it. Yeah. 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 They brought yeah. them back and they brought them in it. And I was like, oh, come on. So yeah, yeah, I do remember Headbangers Ball. Very do you remember, this might be too obscure, but there was a thing in Cleveland called the Cleveland Mosh Team. No, do I don't that? remember that, okay. but I wish I did because <laughs> I would have been on it. And Jonah, don't you, wait, Jonah, what was that? And then I have another question for you. It was like something that was in like the scene or free times or like, it was like a number you could call to get all the concerts like before the internet. And right. I felt like it was like these guys that had these t-shirts and they were like, like the moshing tea. They were just like very into moshing at like heavy shows. <laughs> what Wasn't there also like, isn't there also like an email that you chain that you're on where you get emails about shows and stuff? Maybe I'm confusing it with the Cleveland mosh line. There was just like these numbers you could call. Yeah. Like that, that was a thing, you know, because it was so hard to find out about shows. And, yeah, you know, I remember yeah. having to call like you had to call Ticketmaster and have to wake up at like yep. eight in the morning to get tickets because there was no internet. Like the internet wasn't available when I was in high, like until I got in high school. So yep. literally you had to call an 800 number or whatever number it was and be like, yeah, I want tickets to... I mean, my first concert that I can remember, you'll love this one, Vanessa, maybe. New Kids on the Block. I saw yes. them in fourth grade. Wow. Uh, yes. Because all the girls love New Kids on the Block. So I was like, you know what? If all the girls are liking this, I'm going to I'm gonna be the biggest fan and I have something to talk about with them. And also the songs are a little catchy. So you probably were Very catchy. <laughs> I mean, I saw them, you know, it was the weirdest. So I was shooting a movie in Vancouver and they were coming and I brought page in wwe and then uh annalyn mccord who we we're shooting a movie with and i brought them all to this movie and a bunch of other people from the that were uh production people from the movie brought them all in and literally i was like singing every song and none of them knew exactly any of the words and i was like oh my god like oh. it's like i was like oh like and i, I would be like step one and <laughs> they didn't know what step one is <laughs> yeah like how do you not know what step one is like I mean, we can have lots of fun. Step two, there's so much we can do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, none, yeah. They knew none of them. None of the steps, yeah, yeah. guys. None of them. Yeah. And I yeah. couldn't believe it. I was like, I, I was embarrassed and proud all at the same time. <laughs> you know what's really funny? I was 
such a huge fan of New Kids on the Block. I was a huge, like an enormous fan. Who was your favorite? Donnie. Donnie? Yeah. That wasn't, that's not usually the, it was usually like Jordan Jordan. or Joey. Donnie wasn't usually a favorite. Why Donnie? My friends and I like Donnie. We thought oh, Donnie he was Wahlberg. a little. Yeah, Donnie. Actually, yeah, we thought he was boy. cooler. Uh, you're right. A lot of people like Jordan the most, but we were like, no, we like Donnie. And I had like a huge poster of them in my room and everything. And I got for the holidays or something. I got sheets with them. My I had these sheets. Yes, that had I remember the block all over them. Now, what happened was. You know how like when you're a kid, all of a sudden, like something you thought was really cool, you're like, this is stupid now. Like you just sort of decide that that thing has, I don't know. Anyways, so I was all of a sudden I was like, I don't like new kids on the block anymore. They're not cool anymore. I truly don't know what made me make the switch. And I kept trying to throw away my new kids on the block sheets. And every time our we had this cleaning person who would come like once every other week or something. Every time she would come, she would take them out of my garbage can. <laughs> and like I couldn't get rid of them. And then like one week she didn't come and that and I got was able to get rid of them. I never knew that. Yeah. Well, I wait, tried did to you throw them want, out. Did you want to really run and get rid of them? Or were you just like doing because I do remember when the fall off happened and nobody yes. liked you kids anymore. It was like a big thing. Yeah, maybe like at one point they were the biggest thing ever. And then the next year it was like done. See you bye. It was, yeah. And I wonder, I I don't know how old how old are your third grade, they were huge. Fourth okay. grade, when I asked people to go to the concert with me, everyone was like, nah, nah, nah. And it wasn't even yeah. a thing. Like in third grade, if I asked someone, they would be like, Oh my God, absolutely. Well, I remember my friend Katie Stapula. She had like, she lived in this building and she was like Donnie is going to be like coming to a neighborhood and he's going to be like giving out tickets for their show. And she's like, I think I might've seen him in my, in our like backyard. And I was like, <laughs> what? And I remember us like looking around her apartment building being like, are we going to find Donnie? Like, I think we're kind of like find him. She was like, there was this guy and he had like sunglasses on. It was probably Donnie. <laughs> like just, just him being in like Woodmere, Ohio, walking around, like looking for, um, you don't know. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, now that I think about it, Danny was the one that basically no one was, everyone was like, not Donnie was the bad boy. So yeah. he was, everyone liked him. I feel like Jordan was the lead. And then Joey was like the young kid. And he's like, oh, he's so cute. That kind of thing. So it was all and those. Jord- and Joey's Jordan's brother, right? No, John is. Oh. <laughs> I love John. that I'm telling you this. John is Jordan's brother, Donnie, and then there's Joe and Danny. And Danny did all the uh, like dance, like uh, hip hop. Uh, what do you want to call it? Uh, break dancing. That's it. Break dancing. You would do all the yeah, break dancing. Yeah yeah. 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 I was a huge, huge fan. Now, have you seen Johnny? One of them is on a home makeover show now. Have you seen yeah, that? Yeah, I think they does. That's John. That's John. I think he does homes near where I live. I think he does it like in the Vermont really? or like that area. Yeah. Yeah. He does like cabins, I think, and that kind of stuff. I was watching, I think it was like Rock the Block or one of those like shows where they're competing against each other. It's like different home renovation people competing. And he was actually very good. I really thought he had, he and his partner, who's I guess they co-host the show together I felt like he had like a really good aesthetic compared to some of the other teams like he really knew what he was doing and one day he left because he had to go to like a new like during the filming of this show he left to go to like a new kids on the block reunion tour thing and they were and the other person was really like 
missing him. Like she was like having a hard time without him there because she was like, sure. he does so much stuff. You know, contractors, they disappear. You're in, you're in trouble. Mike, do you yeah. watch a lot of reality shows or is it kind of like you want to break from that when you're just like relaxing? So when I was um, growing up, I think I watched, I watched every, like real world was it. Like I loved yeah. San Francisco. I remember sitting at home sick from school and a, a marathon was on of the real world San Francisco. And it's like you had Puck and Pedro and Puck sticks his finger in his peanut butter. And it's like, oh my God, this is amazing. Uh, I just love that show. And so once I got on it and I figured out the ins and outs of it, I stopped. I, I maybe I think everyone has their real world. Our generation, at least, has their real world season that they sat sure. and watched, right. and that was their season. And so mine was. I had two. I had San Francisco, and I had yeah. New Orleans. And so after that, I just kind of got out of it. And now with the the real world, and then obviously I watch the challenges, but I I don't watch any to this like right now. And it's not because I don't like them. If I if one's on, I'll watch, but I just don't have time. Like I feel like yeah, my time is very valuable right now. And I've never thought I'd say this, but like between being a dad, being a husband, being a WWE superstar, and then all the things that entail being a WWE superstar, not to mention having your own reality show. And to be honest, being on the real world, being on the challenges, being in WWE have all taught me how to to make, I guess you could say, a reality show in Ms. and Mrs. And I have a blast with it. Like, it's one of the most fun that my wife and I do. And now we're working on another show, as well as a scripted, as well as... So we have a bunch of all these things. It's But it's tough. Like, Vanessa, I imagine you know, it's very tough to get a scripted show and to get it onto television. And then once you're on television, it's hard to get you know, people to know about it. And not only that, right. but once you have a, like, you have a great show. Like, I think I love that for you. I think is a great show, but I, I don't know. Do you feel like you had a bunch of people talking about it when it was coming out? Cause I never heard of it until I got on an airplane and then I saw yeah, it. And I went, a lot this of people's... amazing. How is it not talked about with everybody? Yeah. I mean, I do think that's so nice. I, I do think, cause there's so much, stuff out there we were really lucky when like JetBlue featured it and stuff like so many people told me if they were doing like cross-country flights that they like watched it on on there like they could watch the whole season sort of because there's only eight episodes so it is hard to get that stuff out there but I I'm also curious for you like I always wonder with reality shows do you forget that there's a camera like like it, it just seems like um not to not to change the subject, you forget, but, yeah, but no, just I know to, exactly where you're going with yeah. this. So basically, when you're on the real world and you the first week you're there, you're there and you're like, oh my god, like there's a camera, there's a microphone, and there, there. So literally, you have a, a camera guy, a microphone guy, you have you know a person that's holding a light, you have a person that's holding the tapes back then that would have a book bag and that would guide the camera person so they don't fall when they're walking backwards. But literally, they're with you 24-7 all the time. Now, granted, sometimes they take breaks where they'll like, if we're not doing it, say I'm eating a bowl of cereal and no one's around me. They're not going to film me. They have cameras all over the, the, the house that can get that kind of shot. But once I start talking to say, hey, Coral, uh, they'll get a camera crew and they'll start doing it. Do you know that the cameras are there? Yes. But it's like anything 
that you're that it becomes a normality. It comes just to be normal. Imagine that happening every day of your life. The first week's weird. After the first week, it just becomes the norm. So it yeah. you, you don't even realize it's there. And sometimes if say like a camera misses misses something that you're like, ooh, that was kind of they missed it, you'll repeat yourself. You know, yeah. just to just to get it in. But it's you're not doing it because, oh, like they asked me to do it. Like the real world never asked me to do anything. That we would yeah. have interviews on Sundays where that's where they would ask me questions about my week. And that's where you see us talking to the camera saying, Hey, oh my God, I can't believe Malik did this or Kevin did this. It's so unbelievable. And then they would show a scene from it. So People always ask me, you know, is it real? Which is amazing because now I'm in WWE and the number one question I get, is it real? And now I'm on Ms. and Mrs. The number one question is, is it real? It's yeah. as real as real can be on, te on yeah. television. That's what I always say real, real world is. It's as real as real can be. No one's asked me to do anything. No one's asked me to say anything. I'm saying what I want and doing what I want. Some people will come off those shows and say, that wasn't me. That's not who I was. And I've been around people that have said this and in my head, I would be like, no, that was you on the show. You off yeah. camera when we were like some people, sometimes when we were not around cameras, you would see the real person shine through and you'd be like, oh, that's who they, they're just portraying a certain way because they want to be portrayed a certain way on a show. Yeah. And then when they see that portrayal, they're like, that's not me. And it's like, yeah, that was you on the show because that's the only side that you chose to give them. I always tell people when they go on a reality show, Make sure you give them everything because if you can give them your entire you, you can't be upset. But if you only give them a side of you, then that's the only side you're really going to see and you're not going to see the whole picture. Yeah. Wow. If that makes any sense at all. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a really nuanced, really good take on that. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with The Miz. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, 
Let's go places. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a brand new Samsung A14 on them. Straight Talk Unlimited plans start at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Who wouldn't want a few extra bucks in their pocket? Straight Talk is a great everyday value on wireless. Plus, it all runs on the most reliable 5G network in America. So treat yourself to Straight Talk today. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Straight Talk utilizes the network with the most first place rankings and root metrics 1H 2023 5G reliability assessments of 125 metros. Results may vary. Not an endorsement. Mike, I'm curious, you know, like we said, we're all from the Cleveland area. What were some of the spots you like to kind of hang out at when you were kind of growing up? Were there any kind of key? I, like I hung out in the Dunkin' Donuts parking lot in Solon a lot. Jonah was, you were that guy. So, so we had yep. we had a group, and I wasn't okay. in that group. They we had a okay. Taco Bell group that <laughs> okay. literally on Pleasant Valley Road there was a Taco Bell, and like these, they there would be like twenty cars in the Taco Bell parking lot. I was never in that group. Okay. To to go there, my group. I mean, honestly, I was I was in a bunch of different groups. Like in high school, like you know, there's always like back then, it's like oh, there's the nerds, there's the jocks, there's the smart kids, there's the you know. I was in every group. Like I, I played a lot of sports, but I also got great grades. I was in student government. I was in senior editor of yearbook. Like I was involved in school. Like I really enjoyed my high school experience. Um. So yeah, I mean, I I mean. There wasn't the Taco Bell parking lot. I wasn't that guy, but I worked a lot. Like my dad owned a Mr. Hero on Ridge and Denison. So I flipped burgers to make money so I could buy my first car. And a lot of people were like, I remember driving to school and my buddy who would drive me to school and be like, uh, that kid's got daddy's car. That kid's got daddy's car because he spent all his money that he earned working and bought his own car. And so my dad was like, you know, I'll, I'll get you a car. And I was like, no. I want to work for it. I don't want a kid to basically say that's daddy's car. I want yeah. people to be like, I bought that car on my own. So I spent my entire summers working at Mr. Hero flipping burgers. And, uh, I finally bought my first car, which at the time was a 1988 firebird. It was a V six nice, and it was not the greatest car in the world, but I thought it was cool because I paid $2,500 for it. And I spent all my hard-earned money for it. And it was like an eight-year-old car and it still run and it run really well until it died on a highway, a one-lane highway. And I created an entire traffic jam where helicopters had to come. So you go from Miami, Ohio to get to Cleveland, you go through Columbus and then you go up. So I was at the through Columbus part. So I had to bring a whole truck to take my car and they had to drive me all the way back, which is like two and a half hours, which cost a lot of money and it wasn't good. And so that was my experience with my Firebird. But I'll never trade it because I yeah. bought that yeah. car and there's a sense yeah. of pride with that. Do you guys have that as well? Like, is that a Cleveland? I feel like that's a Cleveland. Like whenever I see people successful from Cleveland, I always notice their work ethic. As much as people, you know, bury Logan Paul and say, oh, this guy, he's the, this, this, this. The work ethic is there. Like the work yeah. ethic that he portrays and even Machine Gun Kelly, like you don't just become, you know, who he's become 
by not putting the work in and putting the effort in. Do you guys notice that as well? Yeah, for sure. And I definitely see it in Vanessa. Like she was always a really hard worker in high school, always got great grades, went to like an Ivy League school, like was always kind of studying. You went to Ivy League? Yeah, I went to an Ivy League. Where'd you Whatever. go? I went to University of Pennsylvania, which some people really. don't know is an is Ivy League. Is that really League. Ivy League, though? Yeah, I mean, people don't, people don't know that it Harvard. is because it, it like, doesn't that's have... How you got, uh, that's how you got into <laughs> SNL. You're a Harvard girl. Okay. But no, University of Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah, people don't know because they didn't pick a name that's very Ivy League. Right? Yeah. But Vanessa was... A, I, wasn't, I wasn't as focused on school growing up, but I was like really into music. So I was playing in bands. I was Yeah, like, you were you know, working hard kind of playing a lot of guitar and stuff. And yeah. yeah. And by the way, know. working hard doesn't mean just working hard in school. school. It's working sure. hard yeah. in whatever you're passionate about. And that's what I've always noticed. Even my friends, like, do you guys still talk to your friends from Cleveland? They're my closest friends. Yeah. Is my that, friends is, from okay, growing so up. Okay, so thank you. Yeah. Every time, like in LA, I'll tell people like, yeah, my buddy's from Cleveland. It's like, wait, you still talk to people from home? I'm like, are you kidding? Like, they're my closest friends. Yeah. And everyone yeah. I talk to from all over, like, like people like in WWE, they don't have like that core group. Like I still have 10 of my best friends that I went to high school with that I talked yeah. to pretty much every week. And yeah. no one I've ever met has that. And I was wondering, I was like, I don't, I think it's a Cleveland. I wonder if it's just my group thing. But it might just be a Cleveland thing. Yeah, I don't know. I I have the same thing where my closest like five friends, one of them actually lives here, but th they live they they're all friends from high school, and like we're all gonna see each other in a few weekends. Like we always talk, and yeah, and they're I've known them you know since like middle school maybe. Crazy. I just want to ask one more thing. You went to Miami of Ohio for college. Yeah, the Harvard okay. of the Midwest, okay. if you will. The Harvard of the Midwest. I remember during this era. And I don't know if, I think this is Miami of Ohio, where they had a thing there where students would essentially like riot every year when the bars closed an hour earlier. Do you remember this at all? It, no, we never, I wasn't there no? okay. with, with, with that. Okay, I was this actually might have been a, before your time. I was a bouncer at a place called Attractions. Okay. And yeah, I mean, it was it was a fun, like honestly, I had I only went there a year and a half until I got okay. to the real world. And then once I got off the real world, I feel like college is one of those things where you try to figure out what you want to do with the rest of your life because you're not yeah. sure after high school what you want to do. So it's just something to do after. It's a very expensive thing to figure that out. But sure, it made me realize, wow, like I, in all my business classes, which I was there for business, I would get like really bad grades. And in high school, I was an honor student. Like I was one of the top of my class, president of student government, senior, like the, you name it, I was it. And when I went to that college, I was like, oh my God, like maybe I wasn't prepared for this because I would get like D's in like economics and like accounting, but I'd get like A's in Greek mythology and art history. And so, wow. and then I, I, I kind of wish I went to the theater school in Miami because they have a really good theater school. But in, in high school, that wasn't really an option. I was, I was in sports and whenever yeah. there was plays and stuff like that, I would go watch the plays that my, my, my friends were doing. But and I'd wish I'd be able to do them, but I wasn't able because I was in sports, so I couldn't decipher my time, if you will. And so when yeah. I went to Miami, Ohio, I was like, "This is not what I want to do." And I, when I when I saw, you know, I could be on the real world, I said, "Okay, I'm going to try this." And then once I got that, I went, "I want more of this." And so what I yeah. did was I went to move to Los Angeles with all the money that I made from my, not from the real world because the real world you don't make any money, but really? from the challenge I won. 
And I used all that money to move to Los Angeles. I went to the Groundlings, IO West, had an acting coach and a guy named Steven Anderson. And I uh, went to, I learned the art of professional wrestling because I wanted to do everything entertainment. On top of that, colleges would pay me to go to their school to do speeches right. about what it's like to be on the real world because it's so similar to being there. So that was my promo class. And wow. I never graduated college, but colleges would pay me to go there to that's talk so to their crazy. students and motivate them. So I was like, all right, I'll do all this. That's great. So that's how I made money for like my first four years out of real world. And, you know, I, watching, I couldn't watch all of season 10. Season 10 is really hard to find. I don't know if you've seen that, but it's it is go because on- of music. Thanks. Thanks, Jonah. (laughs) Yeah, so we did all the licensing, and yeah, you'd have to send these contracts, but I think probably it's changed, or there might be a time on how long they have to change. So what what they do, I actually, I've asked this many times. I go, look, I've seen, and and Netflix actually had the Inferno, uh, a challenge on there, and I was like, oh, it's about time. Like, I'm wondering when you're going to see seasons one through, I guess, 33 of The Real World that you can just watch. Sure. And Paramount, they, they have don't some have of them. it because yeah. of music. Like, yeah. remember, they're on MTV, so they would use yeah. all the cool music. So they have to yeah. re-edit everything to oh, actually man. get it out there. So that's the 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 that's why. I guess not excuses, but we worked for Arista. Arista is a music company that went under, and so how do you get all those right. licenses to be approved? And I don't right, know the right, answer right. to that because no one expected Netflix that- or Prime or any of right. these streamers ever to come. Well, the thing that I noticed just being able to watch some clips of it was you're already being the Miz on the real world. It was like you already knew you were going to do that. And it's so fun looking at comments that people write. People are so excited because they're like, it's as if this guy was going to like win WrestleMania. Like anyway, I guess what I want to say is like, were you always into wrestling? And did you just know when you got the real world how did that all sort of come together? Because that's a really big swing to take as a character on a reality show. You know, everyone's sort of like just being themselves and you already had this like side personality going in a way that was so, it's like you knew you were going to do that. Yeah, well, not really. So I think in life, we always have, we're always up at the batter's box, right? And you're talking about swings and, you know, are you going to take this hit or are you going to take a strike or a ball? Like, what are you going to take? And so my goal was always to knock a home run out. So when I tried out for the real world, I wasn't even called the Miz. Most of my friends called me Mizzo. Like, yo, Mizzo, you know, that kind of stuff. And so I went on the real world and I was uncomfortable. And it was the first time that I was very uncomfortable and people didn't like me. And I was like, wow, because I... I have a hard time making a good first impression. You were probably so liked in high school and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I make a bad first impression, but in high school, you're with people so much that you're they're able to get to know me and see me. And I had a lot of friends and I was pretty, I guess you could say popular. I don't know. I was, yeah, I was I'm sure you, friends yeah. with everybody. So went to college, obviously, and then went on the real world and never brought on The Miz or anything like that. But then once I went there into a place that I was, it was very uncomfortable. Like, you know, and and it was in, you talk about issues that maybe you wouldn't normally talk about just because you're like, Hey, I'm this person. And they also also bring people that are strongly who they are. Like I'm this person, I'm this person and this person. So they want to see how they intermix with each other. And so we're going into, to New York, brand new place, 
not really sure how it's going to be go in. And I was uncomfortable. I was, I was like, I was the outcast, if you will. It was the first time in my life I was ever an outcast. So, and I couldn't get my mind. I couldn't, no one would let me talk. No one would let me speak my mind. And if I did speak my mind, it was wrong. Everything I was saying was wrong. Wow. How dare you say this? How dare you say that? You're, you're, you're terrible. You're a pro. And I was like, oh my God, like, I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be open, but they're just so like, and so I was like, you know what? I'm going to create a character called the Miz and not, I, I wasn't, it, it didn't act. It, it just happened normally. Like I just Normal. started it, I, organically I get, sort of, it, it sounds terrible to say, but I'd get hammered and just start cutting promos on people. Like I was a professional wrestler and it was just me joking around and everyone loved it. Everyone was like, Oh my God, do the Miz for my friends, do the Miz for my friends. So I'd start doing it for the friends. And then all of a sudden, everyone started liking The Miz more than they liked Mike. And believe it or not, The Miz was on maybe two episodes of a 22-episode wow. season. And it created such a hit, if you will, that every every once I got out of the real world, I was no longer Mike. I was The Miz. Wow. And so I was like, oh, my God. I remember sitting at home in Cleveland, looking at myself in the mirror and going, what am I going to do now? Like, I, am I going to go back to college? or?" You know, I've always loved wrestling, but I never thought I could do it. Like I'm only 6'1", 200 pounds. Back then they were superstars were 6'7", 300 pounds of pure solid muscle. I'm not, I'm from Cleveland. Like the, no one from Cleveland <laughs> makes it. No one I know makes it in WWE. It's not going to happen. There's no possible way. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to go and put everything I have into it. And just hopefully I'll be able, I'll, I'll be able to win them with charisma more than my physical attributes that I have or don't have. And so that's kind of what happened. I, uh, I, I moved to LA and I tried to find all the tools I could use. I was like, all right, in WWE, what do they do? They wrestle. Okay. I'm going to find a wrestling school. There's act, they're part actors. Like they're acting in front of a live audience. I'm going to get an acting class or right, improv. You know, you never know what's going to happen with a live audience. I need to go to improv Olympics. I need to go to, I need to go to, um, uh, groundlings. Okay. What else is there? Oh, merchandise. I bought my own t-shirts and literally made a logo and everything and made a website where fans can buy of the real from the real world could buy B Miz shirts, which, you know, B Miz was my, thinking, oh, this is my my wow. character, The Miz. You know, you can be good, you can be bad, but there's nothing like being The Miz. There's a catchphrase. Oh my God, put it on a shirt. Okay, here we go. So then I, then my shirt started selling. Okay, my merchandise is going. I'm learning the art. I'm learning everything, but WWE wasn't calling. WWE could care less. As a matter of fact, the higher-ups could care less, but their social, not, not even social team at the time, it was their website, WWE.com. They Got would do it. bloggers would do interviews with me and be like, Hey, you love wrestling. Can we get an interview with you? Hey, do you want to do a weekly? By the way, I wasn't signed to WWE. And they were like, Well, you want to do like a weekly, you know, what you're up to, how what it's like to be getting trying to be a WWE superstar. Yes, absolutely. This still didn't get me a contract, but it was getting wow. me in the door. And I was like, ah, oh, every week I would write a blog for their website. And then finally they were like, Hey, and I tried to, I tried out for a show called tough enough, which was on MTV. And they said, I wasn't allowed to do it because I was already on real world because back then you weren't allowed to do two reality shows at the same time. You weren't allowed to intermix. You had to stick with one. It's just a whole thing. And by the way, yeah. when you're in, when you're on a reality show back in the nineties, it wasn't like applauding you and like, Oh, you're so great. It was like, how dare you take time from real actors 
And how dare you put these kind of things on the show? So I couldn't get an audition to do any other acting gigs or anything like that because everyone looked at us like the like the redheaded stepchild. Like we were like, get away. You're a no talent hack that shouldn't even be on TV. You're lucky to be here. So that's kind of right. where it all stemmed from. And then finally, I got a call saying, hey, we're no longer on MTV. We're on CW. And would you like to try out for Tough Enough? And that's how I got my foot in the door. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. I I recently read the Bret Hart autobiography. It was kind of dark, like a lot of the, the lifestyle, a lot of the stuff. I mean, was your experience, was it uplifting? Were there kind of darker moments as wrestling? Because I didn't know. Yeah. There were times when I was like, is this really for me? Can I really do it? I mean, I don't know if that's dark. I mean, dark for me, sure. But I mean, there's obviously darker times. But yeah. dark for me would be like, your body is aching every single day. My first two months, I broke my ankle and I had to wear a cast for eight weeks. Couldn't be in the ring. Couldn't figure out what I'm doing. So it, that, was a, that was a push setback. Now, some people, when they get injured right away, they go, I'm never doing this again. This is dangerous. And yeah. I instead said, okay, how do, uh, I got I to gotta figure out how I can do it that I won't get injured. And so uh, I, that was my, my first injury happened in the first two months that I was in W, uh, not W, sorry, UPW, Ultimate Pro Wrestling in California. And then I haven't been injured since, except for wow. a torn MCL, which I still worked through it in, in WWE. But that's as much as I've been injured. So you always learn from the things that, you know, happen. But darker times, man, there was, there was points where I was like, I'm done. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. My body is aching. Yeah. My brain is hurting, like from just thinking so hard, but I just kept doing it and just kept saying one more day, one more day, you can do it. One more day, you can do it. Like Vanessa, when you were doing all your like improv stuff and you're in your second city stuff, like, did you ever think you could get to SNL? And were there moments where you were like, this is not going to happen. Like, there's just no way it's yeah, you always like, this is going to happen. I'm going to do it. I don't care. I kind of, well, I guess what I was doing was a lot less physically challenging than what you were doing, to be honest. So like, yeah, there were times when I was like feeling just like, you know, it's hard to stand out when so many people are doing the same thing. And it's hard to commit to this thing that you're like watching your friends have normal jobs and you're still like, everyone's like, what do you do? And you're sort of on the path of you know, it can be very, yeah, I remember getting upset and being like, what am I doing? Like, how am I going to, you know, will I ever be able to support myself doing this thing? Or will I have to always just do this as a hobby? Like it, it was, of course, yeah, totally. And, you know and what I, the thing that, that you were found on, like, what was the thing that, that someone saw or either it was it a show or was it a thing? What was the thing that, that was like, we need this girl to come audition for Lauren. It was actually exactly that. It was a SNL used to come to Chicago every summer to scout for people. And a year before they came, I had taken this class. It's some like about a year before I got on SNL, I got very focused on it. Weirdly, like I like I always knew that I wanted to do comedy on TV and I was really into like the office and stuff like that. But then the year before I got on SNL, I got focused on it. And I took this workshop with this director, Matthew Miller, where you did like five minutes of characters and impressions. And then you did it in front of a class and they all gave notes. And then you came back two weeks later and you put it on tape. 
so you had like this tape of yourselves doing characters and impressions. And I submitted the tape like that year to my agents and some places at the time and no one ever sent it to SNL. And then a year later, SNL came to the IO theater. I was given the opportunity to audition for the owner of IO. And I basically, I had sent her the tape a year before, but she clearly had never seen it. So I just watched my tape again and I did exactly what was on that tape for her. And she put me in the showcase and then I did the showcase and that then they like flew me to New York. I remember calling Jonah. Were you the only one from that showcase? No. Paul Britton also got hired at the same time. Were you, were you on that night or were you like, oh man, I messed this up? Or that night were you like, oh my God, I was on. Like everything. Okay. Hit. Well, I skipped over this, but actually everyone was supposed to do five minutes and everyone was going really long. And they, what they did was the owner, she put the people who had been seen by SNL before in the first half of the showcase and the people that had, who, the people who had never been seen in the second half. And so all of us who had never been seen were waiting to go on. It like had been seen in previous years. I mean, we're waiting to go on and it's going longer. It's going longer. And she was telling us they're going to Second City to see the show at Second City after. So like you guys might not be able to go. And then she's telling us you got to cut your stuff down to like two minutes. Like we were like all freaking out. And then and then they let then SNL left to go to the Second City show. And um, and so and then she was like, but the good news is they're coming back tomorrow. Um, so they basically did two nights of showcases at IO. And what happened during the second night is, God love this woman that I'm talking about, but she told us to get there at like 4.30 because they were seeing the early, the second city show. I don't, I don't know. Anyways, they were seeing the second city show that night. So we all got there at 4.30 and she's like, they need to be, they need to leave by 7.30. So, you know, get ready. So we're there at 4.30 and time is passing and they're still not there and it's five o'clock and it's 5.30 and it's six o'clock and it's seven o'clock. And she's like, I guess they're just not coming. And then they show up at like 8.30 and, or eight o'clock. And she's like, oh, they're going to the later show. <laughs> so <laughs> it was like an audience and everyone was there for like four hours before they came the second night. But so I got to go the second night. It was actually really nice because well, I had been like really late in the lineup, you know, the night before. And they put me at like third and um, one of my closest friends, who my friend Kitty, who couldn't get in the first night, was able to... Because it was like SNL writers and Lauren and then also just an audience of people who knew that that was happening in Chicago. Lauren actually showed up. Lauren was there, I didn't realize there, Lauren yeah. goes to Chicago. Like, I thought yes. he would just send people and then he gets to... Yeah, oh, wow. he goes. He goes to Chicago. So... And it went really well. It was really, it felt really great to get to do it. And I stuck to five minutes, which oddly, it's weird. It's like people think they have to do more than that, I think sometimes. And it's, and somebody told me later that like Lauren kind of knows in the first 20 seconds if he's interested or not, sure. you know? So, did so, you yeah, ever so ask Lauren why you? Like, there's so many people, right? Like, why you? Like, uh, I guess I didn't want to so challenge him. I asked, him, my, but I asked the person, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that. It's not no, a challenge. So I, when I got done with yeah. the real world, I asked my producer, I go, why did you choose me out of 60,000 people? And he goes, to be honest, I didn't. I didn't want you on the show. You were a bucket head. And I'll never forget that. I was like, a bu I in my head, I was like, I don't even know what a bucket head is. He goes, but I'm very thankful that you were on the show. And the other producer goes, I'll tell you why you made it. It's because you're a person that can't help being themselves. And a person that can't help being themselves is the perfect person to put on a reality show. And I go, yeah. oh, that's interesting. So that's what I, so I always, I, I'm curious if yeah. you ever ask Lauren, like, it's not putting him off. It's like, 
you know, why you out of what, what, what in that 20 seconds did you yeah. so different than everybody else? And granted, like whenever you go to acting classes and you see someone like one of the like things you'll do in, in an acting class is like you'll all audition for the same part and then you'll watch 20 people do the same part. and It's 20 different, 20 different things. And you're like, I like yeah. that one the best. And it's like, why was it that? Why was it that? And do you think if you would have done something else, would you have gotten, the, would you have been in SNL? Did the, did the one decision that you made to do what you did at that thing set your life up to where you were on SNL to where you could be doing something different? That moment. Sorry for putting that on you, but I'm kind of curious. No, not at <laughs> no, all. No, it's a great question. I think what you're saying is really interesting. And I don't know if I'm answering your question, but whenever people ask me about comedy and that kind of stuff, I am always like you are the best at being you. Like whatever unique thing you have is like, no one else can do that. If you try and do what other people are doing, you're not going to be as good as they are at that. But no one will ever be as good at being you as you are. And so I think you're like hitting on something that is really interesting and like important, which is that what they were saying to you of like, you were so authentically you that people would want to watch that, that that makes for a great reality star is like, I think there's something to the idea that when people really embrace what they do best and who they are, it's like undeniable kind of to watch. I think not saying that I'm undeniable to watch you guys. I'm not trying to be an egomaniac here, but I just think there's, there is something about that. I will say again, because season 10 is not available. I was just watching clips of you on the real world and it is so fun to watch you because it's just like you just like this guy like you just think like he's fun oh well thanks i am pretty fun my kids would say so yeah my kids would agree with yeah, you yeah i'd say so <laughs> and jonah you you as well <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs> all right we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back <laughs> with the miz Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, 
features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a brand new Samsung A14 on them. Straight Talk Unlimited plans start at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Who wouldn't want a few extra bucks in their pocket? Straight Talk is a great everyday value on wireless. Plus, it all runs on the most reliable 5G network in America. So treat yourself to Straight Talk today. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Straight Talk utilizes the network with the most first place rankings and root metrics 1H 2023 5G reliability assessments of 125 metros. Results may vary. Not an endorsement. We're back. This is so fun. We're going to play a game called Change.Dork. <laughs> Change.Dork. Otherwise known as let's either make fun of or seriously consider people who have sent in various petitions to Change.Org. We'll bring up three different petitions that people are uh, have put on Change.Org and we'll each vote for our favorite at the end once we've read all three. Okay. Okay. This first one is called We Need Snack Time for All. This kid wrote it as a petition to school administrators, especially the principal. That's what he wrote. This is a huge problem in today's society. Snack time being taken out of the school system past elementary has been a horrible problem for all students alike. Lunchtime is something we all need, even if we don't have it anymore. Even if it is not lunch, it is something to prepare us for it. This will obviously help all of us students and will make us better in class, blah, 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 blah. A snack time will really help us all, even the teachers. We would have really good behavior because we would would not be dying in class. I think he means dying of hunger. So, yeah, he's saying bringing back snack time past elementary school, you know, because kids need it. Mike, what are your thoughts on bringing back snack time? Oh, I'm in. I'm in. in. Absolutely. I mean, you need protein all day to build those muscles and you're a growing child. Like that's another thing. I, another take I would add in when I was in school, we weren't even allowed to have like bottled water, you know, like we had to like go out to the drinking fountain and get our own. Now, you know, kids get to bring their own, you know, their own little jar of water. I think a snack is definitely a necessity. Now, granted, it might be a distraction because while the teacher is, you know, teaching the class, you'll hear a rapper going and then just chewing depending if you choose your mouth open too. Uh, yeah. You know, if this person is chewing with their mouth open, I mean, they need a whole lesson on how to unwrap something that to make it not a distraction. But I think that's the point of snack time is they're saying have a designated snack time so that it's not a distraction. Sure. But I don't know what that looks like in a school day. But it yeah, sounds I like mean, you're what is it. it like, you know, an yeah. extra minute uh, during yeah. break or something like I mean, during your right. your walking to the next classroom? That'd be tough. I don't know if you can have a designated t- time. I think you just have to be like, hey, you can have a snack during class. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It might be a distraction for the teacher. But if they're a good enough teacher, they can utilize it. They should be able to handle that. Improv. Yes. Improv. Improvise. Take an improv class. I'm curious, Mike. You have kids. Do, is study hall, is that still a thing? 
So oh, my kids point. aren't in high school yet. So school they're yet. they're in okay. elementary school. So I don't know. It should be because I remember I got a lot of work done and a lot yep. of talking done oh, in, in study, hall. study hall. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, because I'm thinking study hall could be a good snack opportunity. Maybe you bundle it with that or something because there's not a teacher yeah. really doing something. I don't know. But that That's could be true. distracting. Someone's eating some chips. You're trying to learn American history. I don't know. I, but I'm, I'm for it overall. I don't know the logistics. I agree with you too. Okay. Vanessa, what are your thoughts? I'm for it for sure. I remember always wanting to have snacks. I feel like when our snack time would be usually during art class, my friend Ellen would always have a muffin and I would probably take about half of it. Top of it or bottom? What do you think? Uh, I would <laughs> top, say the top. Not, I mean, I'm not the top a of the muffin is the, the spot. I mean, usually the, well, I'm thinking your friend is like, hey, yeah. you can have half my muffin. She takes the top off the muffin and then gives yeah. you the bottom. And it's like, that's not really what you want. Sure. I think I was trying to be diplomatic. So I would take like a little of both. But if it were my preference, I would just take the top of the muffin, of course. Our dad is a real top of muffin, top of cupcake eater. And it's frust- it can be frustrating. Uh, well, you said we have a dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I imagine you would. <laughs> um, but I think this is a good idea. Um, and I, yeah, I'm all, I'm all for it. I think, yeah, you school days are long. You get so hungry. Yeah. It's like that's one of the things that you forget about, like being an adult. You can just have snacks whenever you want, and it rules. And when you're hungry, you're. I get a little tired. I get a little cranky. Yeah, you don't yep. want that in the classroom. Yeah. Now, ha- have you ever had a thing like I know when The Rock hosted SNL, he had like a, a suitcase with like protein in it that he would carry around. He would eat like every two hours. I think he would eat chicken or something. The Rock's physique and my physique are completely different. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, but yes, yeah, so some people do do that. We have vitamin. I, I mean, I, I I carry vitamins with me and that kind of stuff, but uh, yeah, just to make sure that I'm healthy. But I don't really carry protein with me. A lot of people do though. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll start doing it a little bit. Just have a little go. backpack with a, <laughs> with a protein bar. A couple of pieces of chicken. Yeah. <laughs> I think the okay. protein bars, are, Mike's idea of the protein bar is better than just you carrying chicken in your backpack. Yeah. I, think I don't know that's if you want right. to just carry I think it chicken. Depends. I don't think he think... carried just chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're probably right. I remember one guy used to carry a George Foreman grill with him and then he would have a cooler <laughs> and literally he would cook and it's like dude you can't cook in the locker room like you know like <laughs> I, re- <laughs> I remember when I worked at an ad agency in Chicago this guy I was friends with who worked there was a bodybuilder it was like he was like a really kind of normal shy guy but then he he would like show me photos of him bodybuilding and I was like whoa anyways he was always eating tuna sandwiches he had like a hundred tuna sandwiches a day <laughs> I'll never like- forget we had a bodybuilder friend right and we all went to go see this movie Patch Adams oh yeah and he was sitting yeah. behind me like there was like 15 of us right so we're all watching the movie Patch Adams and all of a sudden I just start hearing like uh, you know like uh, a Tupperware opening and I'm like who the f- who's bringing Tupperware in Patch Adams? And I just smell, you could just smell the meat. Like he literally cooked meat that he could bring into a movie. And there I am eating my M&Ms <laughs> or goobers at the time is what I used to like really enjoy. Sure. And he's just eating like steak. And you can just, and by the way, the aroma is saturating the, he was oh, ruining my, my Patch God. Adams experience. Wow. Wow. Okay, so I think we're all fans of this, whether it be bars, you know, cooked meats, whatever, there should be a a snack time. Jonah, do you want to read this next one? Yes. So this next one is called Bring Back the Real World MTV. 
This one has 150 signatures. It says, I believe that the shows on MTV nowadays are all a bore other than the challenge and what made the challenge the real world. We need to bring this show back to revive MTV and get back to the roots of the channel music videos, the challenge, and the real world. So I guess I'm not really sure. I, the real world is not currently on. I think I think they, they brought doing it back it on, I believe, Facebook Watch or something like that. Okay. Um, they had like gotcha. three seasons, I believe they did. It didn't get the pizzazz i guess you could say that the old real world did it's it's tough yeah. i mean obviously mtv is very big into the ridiculousness and that's kind of what's on it 24 7 now yeah but it's, you know i would love to have the real world back but it's just it's different nowadays because yeah. the real world is youtube instagram tiktok it's yeah. social media it's all these different things people are living their lives and why do you need to live watch a television show about people living their lives, you know, when you could just watch everyone on Instagram and TikTok and all social media? It's that's right. basically what real world is. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. And and music videos, I think, do sort of still exist, but I don't think bands are like putting the same amount of money. I mean, uh, you're not watching your top five TRL. Yeah. You know, they no. tried bringing back TRL as well. There are people are like, why don't you bring back Total Request Live? They did. Nobody watched. Because and, and by it, the yeah. way, they were only putting like half the video music video up because that's what people don't want to watch, you know, yeah. music videos anymore. Yeah. Yeah. They want to make their own music videos on their own social media. It's true. And and like now you could look up a music video and watch the one you want to watch. It was always, you know, if you would watch MTV, it would be whatever they decided to play. And you'd sometimes have to sit through. Like sometimes when I'm in an airplane, I watch MTV Classic and they play like all these videos. And sometimes you get such a good one. And sometimes you're like, what am I watching? That's what you watch on the airplane is MTV. That's your choice. <laughs> your choice. I'm watching. I love that for you. I know. And you're watching <laughs> and you're watching MTV Classic. That's your choice. Well, you know, just uh, just to fill time, like the plane's landing or something like that. You want to watch some? What is it like? Roxette videos or something like that? Yeah, probably. yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there's the some. Look. Yeah, <laughs> there's some really good ones. Oh, Roxette you know, is some, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. love Roxette. Uh, some Annie Lennox. You know, there's some really incredible videos when they used to spend money on videos. I would say. But anyways, Jonah, are you all, it sounds like you're for this, Mike. Jonah, are you for this? Uh, you know, I kind of agree with Mike. You know, the culture has changed so much. Uh, technology, you know, obviously, like I said, I interned at the real world 20 something years ago. I, I, I have kind of fond memories of that. But yeah, I mean, I think the re there's a reason why this stuff doesn't work in today's context. So um, I would like to go back to those times. I love music videos. Yeah. I, I, I liked it when there were three reality shows instead of you know, 3,000, uh, although Mike, your reality show is great. Um, but, you know, they're all over the place. And so uh, I think it would be great in theory, but I think in practice, it's, it's, there's a reason why. Vanessa, what about you? I, ag I agree with both of you. I think that, and I know that I just said that you were for it, my, but I think, I think your nuanced take on it is correct of like, it would be great, but it is, especially those, you know, when it started the first like 10 or 15 seasons, it was like, because there wasn't that much of that on yet, people were so much less aware of it. Now that there's so much reality TV, it feels like it would be sort of not as like impactful and kind of more like watered down or something because everyone's, I don't know. It doesn't feel as special. There. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready for this last one? Now, this is a first on our podcast because we play this game quite often. Never have we had a petition by our guest. 
but we found a petition that you, I believe, put on change.org. Unless the person faked and said that it was by you. I don't think I did that. <laughs> okay, this person says that it was by... And keep in mind, this is not verified by anyone that this is, is you. Yeah, anyone, could, any, anyone could so literally type in anyone's that, name. I'm 99% sure it's not me, but if you read it, I can tell okay. you if it's me or not. Okay. So it says that it's by you, by Mike to the WWE universe and God. Yeah, that's probably not me. <laughs> okay, okay. It's definitely not Actually, you. Yeah. reading definitely this now, me. of course it's not you, but I got so excited. Right here, I want to hear what they want to say. Okay. You're gonna, I think you're going to maybe agree with it. Okay. And I think we all might. Okay, the petition is called Fire David Otunga from SmackDown Live. By, quote unquote, you to the WWE Universe and God. It has 20 supporters and it reads, regarding David Otunga, he adds nothing to a broadcast. And then it says in quotes, Miz has the athleticism of Justin Bieber. And then it says in all caps, Enough said. He must be deleted. <laughs> Wait, so I have the athleticism. Is Justin Bieber athletic? So he's he's quoting, I think, David Otunga uh, okay. saying that. And because he said that, he's saying, in all caps, enough said, David Otunga must be deleted. Because he thinks he's such a bad... Commentator. 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 Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, he's no longer there, so doesn't that that really doesn't matter because he's no yeah. longer there. So obviously, he was right, and his petition worked. Whoever I think he it is. worked. It worked. Yeah. Wow. Quote unquote, his petition. I'm just kidding. I know this is clearly not you, <laughs> Vanessa. Can you walk through when you read this and you thought that this is something okay that that Mike what, would have actually posted? Here's what happened. If you go to this. This is kind of what I was thinking. If you go to this petition, it says your full name. It says by Mike Mazanin. So I just figured, I just took them at their word. But now I'm like, I wonder how many petitions are out there by me. You know, it's... Right, it's, you uh, look it up? <laughs> yeah, I should look it up. But I, I actually thought you had a good reason for saying this because I was like, if this commentator did say that about you... Then, well, believe it or know, not, I, Vanessa, I'm a bad guy in WWE. Like, I'm a villain. And, so, is, yeah. and so, I'm the most egotistical, arrogant person. So, commentators usually say a lot of bad things about me as well as fans. So, yeah. um, so I'm used to it. It's a normalization for me. And I don't care. It doesn't bother me. Uh, you know, I have pretty tough skin. Yeah. Well, you know, what's funny is I think this person was trying to speak as you. Because he wrote, he must be deleted. Like, I think, he, I think this person... Fakes on the internet? Never. <laughs> never. <laughs> that would never happen. Um, that's This is really incredible that someone was impersonating you and that I, in my mind, I was like, he probably did this to like pump, you know, like to get... But like, what, and, it, as someone who's very busy, as we've spoken yeah, about, and yeah. has a thousand things... Probably not going on change.org to make a petition for tw that 20 people have signed, I guess. Yeah. I hadn't looked quite at the details as closely. Now that I'm talking to you, it's all coming together. <laughs> well, <laughs> Vanessa, there isn't anyone impersonating you, but there is one petition to renew I Love That For You Season 2. Oh, that's so, very nice. Is that nice. by me as well? That, that, is that, that by is, me? Yeah. That's probably by you, Mike. I'm just assuming it is. Yeah, and it's got 229 signatures, so not bad. Okay, okay, okay. What made you, <laughs> when you were doing that show, what made you want to yeah. do like the QVC route? 
Did you uh, have any I used to watch it a ton as a kid. Uh, I we used all to did. watch uh, So I, you know what's funny? Uh, so I did, and I, I still have a coat of the Ultimate Warrior on the back, and it's a white, like, uh, what is it called? I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a white on the front as WWF at the time, and on the back it has Ultimate Warrior in all his glory, and I bought that from QVC, and I'll never forget, and I thought oh I lost God. it, and my dad actually found it and gave it to me. And I was like, there's no way to still have it. And I still have it to this day from wow. QVC. Oh my God. They did wrestling stuff on QVC. Yes. They, they do everything. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They did everything. And I loved it so much. One of the coolest things of getting to do my show was that I got to visit QVC. I actually got to sell stuff on QVC for like an hour once when we were promoting the show. But even before that, I got to meet a couple of the hosts that were hosts when I was a kid that are still hosts there. Jane Tracy and Mary Beth Rowe. I don't know if you remember them, but they no. are, they're the best. Like to me, I was, I just love, they're just the most bubbly, like sweet can, you know, obviously can talk for such a long time because that's their job. Like they're so fun to talk to. And it was so, Talk about it getting is, thrown curveballs. Talk about an improv class. Oh my oh, yeah. God. Like you're on live TV. And a caller comes in and you're like, uh. They were telling us they have gotten such crazy calls before. And it was funny because when I was on the show, I did it with this host, Jane Tracy. And she was like kind of telling me like, you know, how to do it or whatever. And then somebody called in and um, I made some kind of joke about like, aren't you pretty excited that I'm here? And the person was like, um... And I was like, okay, moving on. Like it was like this, this caller was not here for bits. You know, this caller was here to tell me they like the product and they're buying more. And that's, that's, they're getting in, they're getting out. They're not here to, to do comedy with me. QVC was on my house. It was either QVC or like soap operas, like days of yeah. our lives or general hospital. Like that was all yes. that in my daytime I remember from my daytime and literally I remember my mom being like, look at that ring, Michael. Oh my gosh. Isn't it beautiful? It's so sparkly and shiny and all the diamonds and those, those are cubic zirconian. Oh wow. Those are really, really That's, good. They look exactly like diamonds. I, I, yeah. I used to hate watching it and Vanessa loved it. And so we would have to trade off. And I remember being like, oh, like I'm like 15. I'm like listening to Metallica. I'm like, I have to watch this woman sell this bracelet for a half hour. Like, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> It's just there is something very mesmerizing when someone really spotlights how much something sparkles, how much it shines, how when you go to your, you know, cousin's graduation or your, you know, a work event, a retirement event that you are going to walk in the room wearing that piece and it is going to be a wow. And sometimes when you wash your hands, you could put soap and the soap takes away the shine, not this ring. This ring yeah. will make it shine yeah. no matter what. It'll even put on even more. If you put more soap on it, it doesn't matter because you're going to be the most sparkly person in the room and everyone's going to compliment your beautiful, wonderful ring just because yes. you bought it here at QVC today for a special price yeah, of $19.99. It's on easy pay. So you don't even have to. This is such a low amount to pay every month. And, um, you know, if, you know. <laughs> yes. Didn't yes, really we nail know. it at the end there, but you know. <laughs> well, Mike, if you had to vote for one of these petitions, just to recap, we need snack time for all, bring back the real world MTV, or fire David Otunga from SmackDown Live. Uh, which which one are you voting for? I'm going for snacks. Like snacks. I think yeah. uh, I think that when my kids are hungry, they get a little cranky, 
and they're not going to pay attention as as well as they would if they had a good meal or just something in their stomach. So I would say snack time is a must. Yeah. Vanessa, what about you? I don't like David Otunga. I don't like that he said <laughs> that about you. And I know that this is a faker, but I think this was a fan who's like trying to really take David Otunga down for... He did. You know, And so (laughs) even though this wasn't really written by you and someone was trying to impersonate you and that feels a little uh, not great, I, I, that's the one I would vote for because I'm absolutely done with David Otunga and I know that he's no longer working there, but I think there's a reason for that. Okay, fair enough. So that's what I would say. What about you, Jonah? I'm going to go with the snacks also. Um, I think, uh, I think it's important for for kids to have snacks. I think they should have access to water snacks. But I want to say this. Kids, like, don't don't take advantage of this. You know, have a snack when you need one. You don't need to be snacking all day. Just pick your time. Don't be a distraction either. Yeah, don't be a distraction. Yeah, do it tastefully. But but yeah, you should be able to have a snack. No pun (laughs) intended. You want some Ritz crackers? Go for it. Mike, uh, obviously you have so much stuff going on. I mean, is there anything you'd, you'd like to promote? I know you have a new season of the show coming out. What What's going on with you? WWE every Monday night on Raw on the USA Network. My wife and I are working with our production company, Mad Row Productions, to get uh, a couple shows out there. So we're working on that, developing pitches, developing sizzles, whole bunch of development there. So got a lot of things going and just enjoying life. So that is that. That's my promotional, my promotional tool. If love you love that, Incredible. love that. And thank you guys very much for having me. I appreciate yes. it. Yes, and special shout out to Dave Stone as well. We got a yeah, shout man. out to Dave Stone. So WWE, we got your show coming up, and just enjoy life, which is just great, yes. great advice exactly. to everyone. Yes, yes. Well, thanks so much for joining us and to everyone for listening. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe to the podcast and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird? We would discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural touchstones. Thank you so much, Mike The Miz. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Mike. Keep up the great work. Yes. Cleveland rocks. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. 
You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.